another bumper episode of the Short Shoot Show. Sorry we've been away for the last couple of months. Tim Don had to get a new haircut. Uh, Annie went away on holidays. Uh, I won't even tell you what happened to Macca. Uh, but here we are. We're back again. And there's plenty to talk about in the world of triathlon and multi-sports. So much has happened since the last show. And we're going to dissect it all over the next hour or so. so. As I said, joining me live and direct from the UK, where I'm told it is below freezing and hammering down with sleet. And yet I have no doubt that I'm going to hear how wonderful it is. It's the world's second fastest Ironman now, having been knocked off his perch unceremoniously last weekend. Tim <laughs> Don is here. And having technically, well, retired at world number one, so technically she's still world number one to athlete. Annie Emerson is here. Uh, we'll talk about why Mac is not here a little bit later. But how are you both, Tim? I'll start with you. Um, you've been knocked into silver medal position, but you look like you're taking it well. Yeah, well, I, I'm a bit disappointed, really. I'm going to fly out, I think, next week to Cozumel to measure the course and just check all the <laughs> atmospheric conditions just to make sure it's totally legitimate. Hey, if you're going to get knocked off, who better than the, the current Olympic and world champion? What a phenomenal performance by Christian. I was just blown away with how he put it together and his first Ironman. So tip, tip of the hat to you, Mr. Norwegian Viking. Fair play, mate. Mm, yeah, I'm absolutely. Very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he would he would eat you for breakfast and still be hungry. He is a big unit, um, and not not that you're not massive as well, obviously. But uh, Annie, uh, how are you? I know you've avoided the snow by being in the south of England. Um, so tell me all about the weather, like you usually do. But what else have you been up to? I'm not going to tell you about the weather. It's not very interesting. It's bloody freezing. Um, all good. It's just quiet time, isn't it? But it's been amazing that we have had some racing and we, you know, we, we had Abu Dhabi and, and then we had obviously Christian Blumenfeld and God, I'm still blown away too, Tim. Like I just kind of look at those numbers and I, I'm like, how the hell does he do it? It is phenomenally impressive. And um, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. We might be in a bit better off than you are. Well, still stuck in Sydney. You know, we've got to travel around quite a lot this year and obviously you're still there. So how are you doing, Will? Oh, I'm doing fine. You, Thank mate? you for asking. Thank you for asking. Nobody ever bothers to ask that. Um, yeah, no, we're fine. Everything's kind of back to normal. We're just stuck in Fortress, Australia. Uh, you know, kids are in school though. And all that kind of, I couldn't move outside of my house, so I decided to move house. So bought a new house, moved in there. It's a change is as good as a holiday and all that kind of thing. Uh, but just as we're talking about this, I think we're going to shut the borders once again. So I'll see you at Super League in 2028, I think, when, and I'll be <laughs> 50 pounds overweight, entirely bald, have a drinking problem, all the usual stuff. So I'll be, I'll be just like you remember me. Um, but let, let's talk a bit more about, about Bloomy because that's, that's, that's the big one. That's the big takeaway, obviously. And, I, and I've, I've interviewed him a few times in the past and at, at one point, when because oh, I'm attached to the Sub Seven project, he said, "People who do Iron Man, they're, they're not doing a good job. I can do it better." And this is before he'd ever done an Iron Man. And then, you know, he, he talked about winning the gold medal in, in 2018. He said he was going to win Tokyo, and he did it. And he talked about the fact that people who are doing Iron Man were rubbish, obviously present company excluded, and that he can do it better. And he did it as well. That that kind of confidence. Have you ever seen that kind of thing before? And obviously, it's backed by the numbers, Tim, but. For him to be able to claim that and back up his words over and over and over in 2021, he's a truly special athlete. I've seen that before, not 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 personally because I wasn't alive, but Muhammad Ali, I mean, he talked the talk, but he walked the walk. And as I said, you know, what he's doing over any distance is, I mean, even in, in Malibu, he was running off the front in the two heats. I mean, he's just, just oozes confidence, but in a 
I think in a respectful way, in a calm way, not in an arrogant, you know, puffing his chest that way. And he has got a big chest. We know that. But yeah, no, I, I just, I'm just blown away how he's backing it up and the way he's going about it with his preparation. And he's so open about it. No one knows if Jan Fadino trains 100 hours a week or six hours a week because it's so cloak and dagger and secretive with, with the work he's doing. But, you know, they're putting their Strava files of the race on online, which is very rare these days in high-performance sport. And, you know, he, he documents all his training. So, yeah, to turn up to your first Ironman and execute it so well... Well, to turn up to your first Ironman and finish it is is, is 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 a testament. I mean, you look at some of the the veterans, how many bad races they have, and he's one for one with an exceptional swim bike run. It really really looked. I mean, he did have a Portaloose stop. I did see on the run, and he still ran ran in an amazing time. He actually had two Portaloose stops. Two Portaloose stops. Two. Sorry. And yeah. he, he, um, because we're we're just doing. I'm doing a documentary on it. I just saw the first cut of the the mini doco we've made on this, so it's yeah. going to be out soon. But not that it plugs something else on, on the Super League podcast, but um, he had two toilet breaks. He pressed lap both times, 43 seconds and 41 seconds. That's pretty fast. Like, that's a that's a quick break. <laughs> that, that puts it in a, two, a 2.33 marathon if you take off those times. And, you know, I've run a few marathons without the 180K, you know, forget about the 3.8K swim. And, and it's just... And in 27 degrees as well, you know, the guy comes from, you know, up near the North Pole and, you know, there he is, buddy, you know, running to 233 in, in the stinking heat, humidity, 27 degrees. It's just, it's mind boggling, really is. Mm, yep, the Norwegians are taking over. Now, prediction time for Christian Blumenfeld. Obviously, you know, he's dominated parts of Super League. He hasn't done it the same way Vincent Lewis has done it, etc. but... Uh, he's won rounds before. He's obviously incredible the long distance. He's going to do St. George, the first world championship. He's in May. He's going to do Kona as well. If he stays fit, can he win one or both of them? What's your prediction, Tim? Yes and yes. But then don't forget, sub seven's only three weeks after St. George. So I think the the undoing of him, ironically, could be another Norwegian. How hard is Eden going to push him in St. George? How deep are they both going to have to go? Are we going to see a slog fest? And if we do, going that deep, as science knows, and they are very scientific in the way they train, that could be their undoing. Um, and I think that that could be an epic race. And then you throw in Jan, if Jan ups his game, which we saw when everyone was talking about Alistair Brownlee coming to the table with Javi at World 70.3 champs in South Africa. You know, that was one of the fastest, most aggressive run off the bike I've ever seen in any distance. And if he brings that game as well, you know, that is the competitiveness. You know, both of them, both the Norwegians race phenomenally, but they weren't racing anyone. They were they were running within themselves, riding within themselves. But it's when you go to that next level, you can push that deep in Super League and recover relatively quickly. But over an Ironman, that is a real deep, deep burning but he can performed in the heat so he can definitely do it in Kona and um you know St George you know they've got the data from um Eden racing there a few times but um yeah I think Christian could win them both um and don't forget with the Super League he's never said he's never said I'm going to win Super League as far as I'm know so he hasn't done it but I think it is in his calendar 2023 is it I think or was it 2022 
um, no, 2023 or 2024, that's when he wants to go for Super League. So watch out, Vince. Watch out, Alex. <laughs> I know, right? And then apparently he wants to go and become a professional cyclist after 2024 in Paris, I heard the other day. And you know what? Anything, sky's the limit. But uh, as long as he's Absolutely. getting challenged in Super League, it just shows you how brutal Super League is, doesn't it? When he goes and does, just dominates in every other arena. Um, and, but he can't quite get the job done. Uh, in Super League. Annie, what do you think? Uh, what are we going to be talking about Christian Blumenfeld in, in 12 months' time in terms of his 2022? What's it going to look like? Well, I mean, when you, re- when you read about those guys, the preparation, the detail, detail they put in, I guess that's what separates them from the rest. And it's not that the others don't train incredibly hard, but it's just that their scientific approach, it's like they leave nothing, no stone unturned. The only difference I would say here is it a mental thing. So this year, he's had the complete distraction of, of the Olympics and the World Triathlon Series, becoming world champion in the same year as Olympic champion. Now his sole focus is on the long distance. You know, does that then put added pressure? Will he overtrain? You know, I guess his you know, biggest risk is picking up an injury with the kind of mileage, you know, we're imagining he's going to do. And, and he has had injuries before. So, um, so I don't want to put a dampener on it, but I just want to throw it out there that I think in a year where he's been completely distracted with the Olympics, with the World Championship title, now this, you know, sole focus on, on winning, you know, World Championships in long distance and sub seven, you know, that that for me could be what makes it a little bit tricky or harder for him because he wants it so much. He's gone and ran a seven, what was it, 21 something, 21 12, um, just off the back of like, you know, winning the Olympics. Is that going to change next year? <coughs> you know? I know, it's madness, isn't it? The whole thing is absolutely incredible. Uh, and to do it a couple of weeks after Eden in Florida. You know, off the back of the 70.3 world title again, and then he was top 10 in the Olympics, and then he closes with a, a 2.34 marathon to beat Lionel uh, in a 7.42. So at that stage, you know, Tim was still on top of the world. Uh, what's with all these times getting absolutely smart? <laughs> don't, don't leave. Don't leave us. So, yeah, seven, so, yeah you, were point, you were safe. You were 7.40, mate. Oh. 7.40 is age group of time in another couple of years. I know. Tell me about it. I think Daniela and Lucy times? will be going that quick soon. Yeah, well, I mean, no, actually, just... Lucy, Charles, Lucy Charles actually mentioned the other day that she's, she was aiming for yarn 7.35 when she does sub eight in, um, in the middle of the year. But what is with all these yeah, times getting absolutely pumped? Like, is, is it just progression of the sport? Is it competition? What Like, 7.40... Five was a was a top five time, yeah. and I think in a year's time it's not going to be in the top ten. I remember when Lothar Leader broke um, eight hours. Um, I think it was at Roth, at, or yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is mind blowing. And I, and I was working all the splits out when I was doing IT. I was going, wow, that's going to be so hard to beat. And now we're legitimately saying people can go an hour quicker, granted with a lot of help with the drafting situation, but. To go 721, you know, I think we're seeing, and I think it's with the age groupers as well, we're seeing this new wave of race directors and race organisers wanting fast courses. Ironman was all about the challenge and time was irrelevant. Um, It was, you know, I am an Ironman and I've crossed the line and it's a self-fulfilment. But now, like anything, we're getting to the edge where been there, done that. We want something else. Well, how fast can we go? Or how, you know, some now that there's this other craze going the other spectrum of these 
extreme triathlons where it's an Ironman with no support, an off-road run, the bike is insane, the swim starts in the dark, they just throw you off a boat. Um, you know, we're getting these two, like, I guess, extremes. And I think, yeah, I mean, the courses are becoming quicker. The, the, the technology on the bike, I mean, you know, a 401, I think it was, and um, in sacramento and a 402 in Quasimel. i mean both were going to be fast courses but it's putting it together in ironman getting getting the swim the bike and the run just right with the nutrition that's that's what we're seeing and you've got to remember that the swim in sacramento was massively hampered i mean they swam one hour well normally i would say he's capable of 44 minutes but i would say that helped him because if it had been a normal swim um, I don't think Lionel and Cam would have been with him, so he would have been isolated on his own or with some weaker cyclists, no disrespect to the other cyclists. So it would have changed the dynamics of that race. Um, but he raced the race and he did just race to win. And Christian, I think, you know, once he'd got away with Patrick and then Patrick, unfortunately, had the stomach issues the last 15k of the bike. Um, you know, that hampered his race, but they weren't, they were just racing to win. And yeah, they weren't going for times, which is blooming scary. <laughs> Can I just throw something out there? Don't want to put a, like a, a negative on this at all, but yeah, there is do. just one thing that there, <laughs> there is one thing that kind of, um, and we're only talking about 500 meters in the swim, and I think that's what um, one of the age group athletes picked up on that the swim in Cosumel that we're talking about around about 500 meters shorter. So can that be an official record because it is, you know, assisted so much? by the current so Jan Fredino's um the next fastest time two, seven, uh, 27.53 now if the swim had been you know without assistance in, in terms of of the current then Christian wouldn't have beaten his time he wouldn't be holding the the, the fastest time for an Ironman he would have gone 7.40.24 one second straight uh, of the line I've worked out I've done all the numbers trust me yeah but that, that's the tri-battle time so like you saw that and there was you know the T1 is sitting there right perfectly next to it like it you know it wasn't really a race per se um, but it was it was interesting because they also had the Ironman Africa Championships at the, on the same day that's why there was no coverage of Cosmo so so there was it was dark on Ironman's social media for two days because they were trying to work out whether it was legit or not so they weren't even announcing that Christian had done it. And then suddenly, two, 72 hours later, they're like, yep, no, he's, he's, he's the champ. So they've gone back and looked at it and gone, yep, no, he's the, he's the record holder. So I guess we've got to go with that, that don't we? I mean, but that in itself is ridiculous. I mean, if you look at history, that is a fast course. I think the winner the last couple of years has gone extremely close to that 740. And the swim has always, I think Sebi, when he's raced, he's always... He's, he's raced, I think, once. He swam like a 39. And, and he'd put his hand up and say, I, I'm not a 39-minute swimmer. But again, you've got to race the course. Maybe we need, um, I think with marathons, you, you, you the courses are measured independently, as I'm sure these are. But I think if you go on a website somewhere, you can actually see the official verification of that measured course. Maybe we need Ironman to spend you know, not that much, 10, 30 grand, get someone to fly around to these big races and, and actually measure them. Um, you know, the swim is probably, you know, with GPS, it's it's not, it's harder to get the course wrong than it is to get it easy, you, you know, um, to, to get the course measured accurately. But I, I think, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. He raced the course, he did what he did. And, you know, as I said, you know, it's the same course, I, I think, from the last couple of years. And he went, 
like t- nearly 20 minutes quicker than anyone has gone on that course. So in my mind, that is the world's fastest. Uh, unless anyone comes out with massive data to prove it, yeah, it's the new world record. No, well, they claim it. We claim it too. Christian Blumenfeld has swept all before him in uh, in 2021. Uh, the question is, sub seven, do the people believe? Does Alistair Brownlee believe? Was he updating his Ironman up that tracker and watching this thing and going, how is this happening? I don't, I'm, in, I'm in a world of pain here thinking I'm going to beat him down. Who knows? We're going to find out soon. But let's look back now on the SLT season. I mean, I, I just, I refreshed my memory and went back and looked at some of the races just before in preparation for the show. Gee, gee, it was a great month. It was like a bit of a blur for me getting up in the middle of the night here in Australia to call the races. I mean, you guys were there. What's your best memory from that bad month of September? Uh, uh, Annie, let's start with you. I mean, what was the what was the the takeaway or the or the one big thing for you? Because what what I liked personally was how closely fought everything was, and there was really a, a handful of contenders in every race. If you take Jess Learmonth out of the equation, but then again. Georgia Taylor Brown stole it from her at the last second, so it really came down to the wire, and that's what I enjoyed about all of those races. Annie, what 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 was your one takeaway from Super League in twenty twenty one? Do you know what? I think it was. I think it was London. Uh, you know, we had this like you know glorious day in London where everyone always thinks you know it's miserable and the weather's crap and all the rest of it. We had this glorious day, you know, triathlon's big in this country, you know, thanks to the Brownlee brothers. And now, of course, you know, all, everyone, you know, but the Brownleys have, you know, God, made it what it is, I guess. And then Alex G was racing, you know, just a few miles, you know, um, from, from home. The crowds were out. The course, when we first looked at it, Tim, it was like, bloody hell, you know, this is tough. It was super quick. There were cobblestones. It was it was technical. Um, but the noise of the crowd and the racing and to see Super League back out there on the road, you know, in, in one of the world's biggest city was just, you know, it just still, you know, gives me goosebumps today. It, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. So I think I think London was was my favourite event. What about you, Timmy? I love Jersey. I love the format. That is the true kind of like, oh. You know, it's just the consistency of the swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run without the rest. And, you know, to have no disrespect, you know, the old guard and the new guard in the men's race duke it out. You know, Jonathan and Alex, you know, watching them sprint and just looking at when I look back, I think of their, I guess, the emotions, how different they would have been crossing the line. He gets second and he was heartbroken. But then he goes kind of, what can I do? And I just think the respect between those two athletes you know, and, and, and yeah, it, it was, that, that was really kind of like a watershed moment, I think, for, for those two athletes. And, and yeah, I mean, not to take away for, um, from Hayden, you know, Vasco was up there as well and Martin Van Riel, you know, but those two guys going, duking it out, I thought that was just, oh, that's what Super League's all about, um, you know. And, and on the other side, I guess in Jersey as well, the controversy and the sportsmanship of Jess, you know, and, and maybe her not appealing, you know, is is what, what, what lost her the series, her, her, you know, such sportsmanship there. So I've got so much time for Jess and, and how she handled herself going going forward from there. Um, but yeah, Jersey, yeah, it was awesome. That just really speaks to who Jess Learmonth is as a person that, that you mentioning that she could even appeal was the first time I'd even considered that that would even be an option. But knowing yeah. it was Jess and just going, well, there's no way that would ever happen. I didn't even consider it in commentary or anything that, that Jess would want to Trust block me. an appeal from Georgia or even argue it. 
And uh, uh, there, there were plenty of those 20 women, there were at least five or six that would have 100% appealed that decision if it had gone against them, um, let alone the money on the line, um, which is, you know, tens of thousands of US dollars, but just, um, yeah, just the way it went down. So I think that goes testament to Jess as a person and an athlete. And there are, I know that they're, they're really good friends, but, you know, war is war. And that's what we do when, when the gun goes. But, you know, they look beyond that and above that. And, um, yeah, no, I thought that was a phenomenal performance, you know. After so, so Tim, tell me all the athletes that would have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where, where do I start? So I would have. Maka would have. Blooming that. He would have probably done a deal on the side. Richard Murray would have offered some built on. To someone, who else is there? Um, we'll trust you as an athlete. <laughs> I would never be um, in that position, mate. I would never be in that position. <laughs> we, we can't go on hearsay. We can't go on hearsay. But yeah. what do you think? Do you think any athlete? Do you two think any athletes would have appealed? Oh, absolutely, oh, 100%. I, I, do you? I don't know. I I think that because oh, come on, 100%. maybe I'm just. We I could. Tim and I will. After this show is finished, Tim and I will both WhatsApp you at the same time. We'll have the same list of names. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Exactly the same names. Are you but but the thing yeah. was, it wasn't like she really got an advantage, was it? Because she was that far ahead. So I think if the win had genuine, genuinely been stolen from her, then that's different. Um, and let's be honest, Jess is just way too nice, isn't she, to to appear? I mean. Well, no, it's not. That makes her sound like she's weak. She's not at all. I mean, once she gets on the start line, you know, she's got that killer instinct and that's why she's so successful. But, you know, when she crosses the line, it's like she's just lovely Jess. But I think the key thing is here. She knows that that she that Georgia didn't really get an advantage that had she not taken it, Jess would have beaten her. She wouldn't. So that for me would be the reason not to appeal. If she had got the advantage, you know, she had gained like X amount of seconds that, that weren't hers to have. Anyway, it's it's all done and dusted now. I, th- I think Jess had a tough time, didn't she? You know, she had a tough, tough time, uh, you know, in that race and then in the final as well. And, you know, I felt for Jess having just been so brilliant, you know, early on. I mean, just the way she dominated, the way she gets the bit between her teeth, you know, everyone lo- loves to watch her race. You know, she she swims so well, she bikes so well, and she knows she's not. I don't want to say natural runner, but she knows that's her weak link. But she always puts herself in that position that she, she gives herself that buffer, and that's what makes her just such a phenomenal athlete. On the men's side, oh, carry on, carry on, mate. I was going to say, if, if we didn't have the wild cards in Malibu, she would have got the short shoot because she was second out of the water behind um, Lucy. And then if Flora yeah. wasn't there, so even even throwing the wild cards in were totally going against her. They didn't help her because yeah. the first two races no. they were just chilled. You know, it was all about the last race, and and um, you know, she lost the short shoot in the first one um, through Lucy, and Lucy didn't even make it. She got knocked out, and then obviously Flora, um, you know, went on and won and was a wild card. So um, yeah, she took everything in her stride. Um, so yeah, yeah, awesome, it's, it's awesome a, woman. It's, it's a brutal old world, isn't it? Super League racing to to dominate in that fashion, but that's the rules are the same for everybody. And uh, George Taylor Brown obviously deserved the win. What oh, we didn't see. Yeah, and what we didn't see, I suppose, in the men's side was was Vincent Lewis domination, um, which we've seen. I, I think he had he worn the pink pretty much the entire time we've been doing Super League since he since he arrived in twenty eighteen, maybe. 
But how do you think he'd measure his 2021? Because, you know, Super League have done an incredible documentary on him and the second episode's just dropped uh, the third and fourth. Uh, well, they'll all be out by December 9th. Obviously expecting him to win Super League, win the Olympics, fulfil his dream in his third attempt, all, and it didn't work out that way. And, it's, and, and the documentary is all the more gripping for it. But how do you think he'd measure his 2021? He, he won a round in the end. Uh, he came second in Abu Dhabi. But this is Vincent Lewis. This is the unbeatable Vincent Lewis. You're both in the documentary. Where's his, what's his report card look like, Tim, for this year? Honestly, by his standards, it would be a big fat F. And that's, that's, that's what I think he would see it. As he said in the documentary, and we knew from last year, two-time world champion going to the Olympic Games, you know, statistically speaking, he had done what he needed to do, um, you know, and, you know, but that sport, you know, that injury, you know, he is slightly older, you know, than some of the younger, you know, he's, he's, he's in his 30s, not his 20s, maybe injury is a little bit more common, you know, from the, the extra years of battering. But yeah, I mean, he went there to win a medal and 13th and they went there to, you know, was it two-time world relay champions and they got bronze. They did actually in the doc, in the second documentary, they did talk about, they, they deliberately tactically did not put Cassandra in second. They took a risk there. If you're going to take a risk, don't do it at the Olympic games. Oh my God, do it at the Testament. What were they thinking? And it backfired. And I think testament to the strength and depth of the French team that they still hung on or not hung on. They still got back in the race because they almost lost their chance of a medal there and then. You know, um, you know, he he was injury free at the Super League. You know, Munich was the, the you know, I think that was that moment where he was thinking, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I, I, and he was probably mathematically working out. I could win the series. But he just didn't have that 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 that, that endurance, that that strength to back week four weeks of racing. And he did do, did he do Montreal? No, he pulled out of Montreal. You know, he did Montreal as well. So he did a lot of racing leading up to it. And I just think, um, you know, in Jersey, that format is so brutal, and he was so dominant in the swim, but he, he just couldn't back it up. And then I think he realised, I'm um, I'm um, I'm not going to win the series, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow. But he still was competitive, and he was still affecting it he's got another race to go a 70.3 coming up um so I, I i think he'll go into the winter frustrated but by his standards i don't think he'll be giving himself a, a c plus let alone an a yeah i think that's what makes him the champion that he is he would consider it a complete failure whereas others might consider it a pretty middling year considering his um other results and, and even his super league results but it's it's quite a tense i watched the second episode when he came it's quite a tense one and there's some there's some tense moments and there's some really interesting insights, not just to Vince, but also to to especially Alex Yee. You get to see a little bit of him as well as he, as he comes through as well. And there's a, there's a, there's a nice one in the in the uh, in the elevator, which is lovely and awkward. But um, what what do you think about the second episode, and what can we expect coming up for the rest of them, Annie? Oh, it's brilliant. I love to see the insight that the things that people don't normally see. You know, as athletes you know, over the years, you get to understand and you watch it. But, you know, I, th I think that he's developed a lot as an athlete. And I think when we look back to some of the documentaries before on him, you know, where he talks about post-2016 um, and Rio, again, Olympic disappointment where he took himself away and went off to, I think it was Kenya, wasn't it, to train and, and immersed himself in a different world. And he came out a stronger person. And I think, interestingly, what has been a very disappointing season for him, 
I think he's still got that burning desire. You know, there's um, there's been a couple of interviews on him just recently and, you know, and the documentary talking about him going to Paris. You know, he's going to be pretty much on home soil. Um, and it's now, what is it, two years away? Is it two years? Two and a half years? Two and a half years. Well, three years, but, you know... Um, we're less than three years, and I think he's got a burning desire. <laughs> it's blowing out five years. Come five, early. It's five, early five, in the morning. Six, six sometime, to eight years. soon. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. Um, <laughs> but I think that um, I think he still has, you know, a burning desire. But you know, the thing that really makes me a bit nervous for him is if we look at someone like Paula Paula Radcliffe. You know, the greatest sort of runner, female runner that we've ever seen um, didn't get an Olympics. If we look at Mario Mola and how dominant he was, three times world champion, you know, still doesn't have an Olympic medal, you know, probably won't get one. And, and some great athletes, you know, miss out, you know. And um, <coughs> but, but I, I do think that, did I say something wrong, Timmy? Oh, yes. Oh, I just and, thought you were naming great athletes that miss out on Olympic medals. Oh, so don't sorry. worry. And the great Tim Dodd, no. of course, as well. <laughs> I didn't put that together either. I was like, Timmy, you're right. I, I, I didn't link you with the, with the phrase at all. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> oh, we've lost Tim Dodd. We've lost him. Um, but um, yes, many great athletes, including the great Tim Don, um, do miss out on Olympic medals. And, you know, I'd love to see Vince win a medal. And I still think there's a burning desire. And I think if he stays healthy and well, there is a chance that he could get an individual medal. I mean, obviously, he's got the team medal, but it, it's, I think, let's be honest, it, it is the individual one that he wants. But um, yeah, great athlete, great documentary. Anyone tuning in who hasn't seen it, watch it because it is absolutely brilliant. I think I think the reason we didn't put it together with Tim there is because we're talking about athletes that have missed out on a medal. Tim's career is still going. You know, still, <laughs> still a chance. Yeah. Still a chance. It's a long shot. Yeah. But... I, I like a croissant for breakfast and um, a little um, steak tartare. Yeah, well, I'm up for it. Let's go to Paris. The Olympic think, torch still burns. I've actually got an Olympic torch. Did you know that? Because I was part of the Olympic relay in um, 2012. Ah. So congratulations. You had to buy it, though. No. No, you had to buy it. It was optional. It was £212 because it you, you got the one and then you, you lit it and then they took it off you and they had them. And then you get a decommissioned one. Because so, I thought, brilliant, I'm going to buy it, light it up, light the barbecue with it every time, like the pizza. <laughs> but no, it's a decommissioned torch. I've got this big gold thing with um, all those holes in. Oh, yeah, surely um, you could yeah, like, I just you, picture you on your massive back deck, you know, as the sun sets on another... <laughs> Sleeting, oh. freezing rainy day, and you've got a cigar <laughs> and you've got the big thing out. Oh, oh yeah, got my cognac. The man's <laughs> most, the world's most interesting man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are two more episodes in the series um, coming up for the Invincible documentary. Don't miss them. All of them out, as I said, by December 9th. Um, I caught up with Vince a little earlier on as he prepares for seventy point three Indian Wells. <laughs> Vince, thanks so much for joining us, man. I know that um, you're getting ready for another race. How, how are you feeling at the end of this long year of 2021? I mean, what kind of lessons have you learned about what it means to be Vincent Lewis? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. A few more days uh, before the last uh, the last race, racing my first 70 country in Indian Wells. Uh, that'll be yeah, that'll be a great experience. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, the training is a little different from what we do in ITU, so 
you know, it's just it's just cool to do something else and, and learn new things and just, yeah, just practice different things. And uh, yeah, I'm happy the race coming. I'm also happy the, the off season's coming. I think that's that's been like, a, like a, how can I say that? Like a intense year, plenty of races, um, picking up an injury just before the Olympics, being disappointed with the result and then bouncing back back in shape just in time for Abu Dhabi and, and now Indian Wells. So, yeah, that's been a lot of um, ups and downs. And, uh, yeah, I think I learned a lot even now that I'm 32 years old and, yeah, looking forward for 2022 already. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a, it's a funny one, right, because, you know, you came in two world championships in a row, world at your feet type thing, and, and I reckon you probably look back now and go, gee, I grew as an athlete over the course of this 12 months of hardship. But th- those... I know how much importance you place on the Olympics and how much every triathlete does. How long did it take to to sort that out mentally in in the weeks and months after that to, to bounce back, like you said? Um, I mean, it's 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 a bit like um, you, when you're going to the Olympics and you know you're not gonna be good. I think it's a bit different than when you're expecting a good result and 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 like being disappointing. Don't really underst- understand why and everything, but. I mean, I knew straight away with picking up uh, a tear in my calf with six weeks to go, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do much, and uh, so I, I did my best. I think I, I did everything I could to toe the line and be and be fit and healthy. And um, you know, I, I, on one side, on one hand, I think I, I was disappointing, but I was also okay. The real season starts now. I mean, there is Super League coming. There is all the other races, and um, and you know, you, you you gotta you gotta like target new goals if if the one you wanted to achieve just slip through your hands you just have to like go to the next one i think it's just you know i always said uh, every morning the the sun is is rising and you can stay in your bed or rise with him and and that's the only thing i, I wanted to do is just like being back at important training and and just and just race again you would have some proud moments in there too i mean that 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 leg at the back end to pick up the, the bronze medal was incredible. But outside of that as well, I mean, there's some really proud moments for your 2021. When you look back on the last 12 months, what do you pick out as the, as the, the proudest moments? Um, I, I think I would say, you know, the World Super League campaign and then, and then, and then Abu Dhabi, I think it's, I could have buried myself after the Olympics like I did after after Rio. You know, I came back home and just sat on the couch for days and days and days. And we raced in July or August, I don't remember. And I, I basically did nothing and sat on the couch until December. And I, I, I just didn't want to do that again. So I just I just wanted to race. And I think that's a, that's a different mindset. And just, just having this mindset to like... Yeah, well, I'm I'm a triathlete. I'm a racer. I'm being paid to win races, and 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 I'm just, uh, and I can't just sat, sit on the couch and 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 wait for other people to race and perform. So, yeah, just like like backing up backing up the ego a little, just saying, okay, well, you're gonna race. You're gonna be hundred percent. You're not gonna be hundred percent fit, but that's your job. So just just move your ass up, go race. And uh, and do whatever you can, and 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 as soon as you can, go back into a hard training camp and and race us hundred percent, and 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 show them. That's it. That's it. I I think if I turned up to work, if 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 I only turned up to work when I really felt like it, I probably would never turn up to work. Probably only turn <laughs> up one day a week. Um, the doco. I want to talk about the doco because 
Um, now all the episodes are coming out and you've obviously seen them all already. What was the experience like shooting a documentary like that and, and, and the access that was given? Because I think it's incredible and I think that the feedback's been, been amazing as well because we don't really see that in triathlon. People are very uh, reluctant to give that kind of access. And, and what was the process like for you and, and did you like the, the end result? Yeah, that was, I mean, the, the good thing is I, um, I had a really good camera crew on me. I think it's, uh, I think it's the number one rule. You have to work with someone that you want to work and, and make sure that you, you're basically giving the keys of your life to, to people, like just saying, if these people want, they can make me look like, like someone that I'm not. So I, I don't want that. So I better, I better work with them. Like just working together, like in on the same path and making sure that we produce something that I'm proud of and. You know, how you know the athletes now, it's through social media and it's only what the athletes want to show you. And we've seen like so many guys and girls like showing whatever training they want to show, uh, whatever like attitude or mindset they want to show, or, like taking selfies, like when they're happy and stuff. But that just sometimes it's just uh, like the, the facade. It's, it's not what what's really happening. And I think through the doco, it's just like, yeah, well, I would have loved to show like winning four uh, Super League races in a row and, and being the Super League champion, but that did not happen. And um, and unfortunately for me, but I think it's good also for the doco to see that sometimes things they don't always go to plan, and and you have to like move on and, and deal with it. And I think that was that was really good. I mean, we couldn't, I, I could have dreamed for a better ending, but that's that's what happened. And yeah, I, I think I think it's good, and I, I really liked it. Uh, I actually only seen. I don't see the episode prior to prior to the the release. Really? So I only seen the yeah I've only seen the two that you that you guys saw, and uh, but I think the next one I kind of have a, an idea of what's coming, and uh, yeah I'm I'm excited. I, I'll see how it goes, but um, I think um, we we in the negotiation of doing more episodes for the for the coming years and i think that'd be good we have a really good uh, feedback from the people and we we hear a lot of people being happy with with it so yeah that's good and if and if it's still uh, if it's still working well if it's still making views and people enjoyed it i think we'll uh, we'll keep going oh good very good who's who's uh, who's doing the washing up in the background mate uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's almost dinner time, you know, huh? 620. We, we almost, we're almost getting ready for dinner, bed at 8 PM, waking up early. And yeah, I'm on the Australian or American lifestyle. I don't really know, but, uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty tired. So 630 dinner time and 8, 8 PM bedtime is all good for me. What are, what are the next few days look like for you leading up to Indian Wells? Uh, are you ready? I know you went to um, Specialized HQ in California, did a lot of work in the wind tunnel. Um, how's that adaptation coming and do you feel ready in what happens in the next few days? Yeah, so after after Daytona last year, um, basically what I, what I learned from this race is I need to ride more my TT bike. I need to like um, improve my position, making sure I can handle the two hours on the bike then running running a lot better because i i did not run as good as i thought i would um so yeah we spent time in the wind tunnel uh test different aero bars shoot helmet whatever you name it uh everything that you can put on a bike for for a full day um 8 p.m to 6 p.m 8 a.m to 6 p.m we spent the day in the wind tunnel and uh, yeah we learned a lot of things uh and then since then that was two months ago since then i've only 
ride my TT bike, uh, whatever rides I was doing, gravel, going up hills, whatever, I only rode my TT bike. Um, I actually only switched to race Abu Dhabi for my road bike, and then I was straight back on the, the TT. So yeah, now I'm feeling good. I, I did a re- little uh, prep race in Los Angeles. That was a non-draft Olympic, uh, and, and I felt really good. I mean, I averaged good watts. Uh, I, run, I run really well off the bike. And uh, that, that was a good prep, dialing in the nutrition and all this stuff. And uh, so now I have a more like I have a clearer vision of what I need to do to perform, like speed wise, watt wise, everything. And so I think that's really that's really the good thing. I'm not go- I'm not going to the race like in a with a blurry vision. I'm really going into like, all right, I know what I know what I'm gonna do. I know how it's, how it's gonna what is going to happen and how I need to react to it. And yeah, we have a pretty good field. I feel good. So yeah, three more, three more days of, uh, of recovery. I'm traveling tomorrow, going down to sea level. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how the, the body is reacting after this two months at, at altitude. What did you think of, I mean, now, now we're talking about long course. What did you think of what Gustav Eden and Christian Blumenfeld have dished up over the last few weeks? Um, I'm, I'm not really surprised actually. I mean, they, they, the strong, the strong boys, they went, they went really fast on half Ironman and, and they train hard. They, they're really like on top of, um, of everything, nutrition, uh, aero, uh, they, they, they really like died everything. And I was, I was, I was quite surprised actually when I showed up at Daytona with the, I mean, not, not people being amateur, but I think I think they have so much more to they have so much to learn from short distance like about all the like I mean I'm sure half of the field in Daytona I never seen a wind tunnel and that's the first thing I did when I turned up to to long distance and and a lot of things like this the Norwegians they already they already know they're already doing it and they're already like ready for that so yeah I, I wasn't surprised I mean they're on 234 235 235 for for the marathon and it's I think it's the new standard. It's just like it's just what you have to run now. And I mean, we've seen people running 240, and uh, the thing is just putting the three sports together. Like you have to swim fast, you have to run between four hours and four or five now on a, on a flat course, and and then run fast. So Christian put it all together on a on a good day. He had a, he had a fast fast swim. We all know the condition in Cozumel, and uh, and Gustav was fast too with a slow swim because yeah, the, the swim was a bit harder. When he raced in Florida, so yeah, they both they both did really good. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of talking about world record because we all know that the course really influences the the time. But uh, yeah, they both they both win the the race. Uh, that was the uh, Ironman debut, uh, and yeah, kudos to them for that. And um, I'm looking forward to to see them racing a, a big field with Jan and all the and all the big boys. You would have, I mean, obviously you're talking about now, you know, no one's seen a wind tunnel. There's so much more that can be done. I feel like you've got one eye going, okay, I'm going to keep going longer. You're obviously doing 7.3 this weekend. I've heard you say before you're going to straddle both in 2022. Obviously there's Super League, there's Arena Games. I don't know if you're going to do that. And then there's Championship Series, there's WTCS, there's Long Distance. What does your 2022 look like with a view to Paris or not in 2024? Uh, yeah, I, def- I definitely want to race in Paris in 2024. I mean, games games at home. I think it's a 
not a mandatory race, but I, I really won a race there. I raced in Lausanne in 2019, which is like really close from France and, and the crowd was amazing. So yeah, definitely I want to race in Paris. <clears throat> I want to keep going on the short slash Olympic distance until then. But um, I, I think, I mean, I think you can race two, three seventy point threes every year, and not and not really being like, not 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 it being an handicap for for the for the short distance uh, kind of season. Super League, you know, is just for me. It's just having fun. It's just like I don't know if if like I always say if like a Formula One driver goes to like a go kart race with his friends. That's that's how I see it. It's just like you know, there is no pressure. I, I like the kind of like crit course style on the bike it's it's fast and furious it's it's just like we are really well treated with the hotels the venues and everything so you know it's just for me it's just like going there and having fun like all day long so that's that's something i really want to keep doing so yeah a, f- a few races i think i'm gonna start my season maybe racing um in in miami there is a clash that Jan won last year i think i think i raced there and then, um, and then I'll see, uh, obviously, the World Triathlon Series uh, Arena Games, maybe. We'll see. Uh, not my jam so far, but uh, we, we, we'll see. And, and then Super League, 100%. And, uh, and maybe St. George, 17.3 World, if I can get a slot this weekend. You know, I think a bit, a bit of mix between um, Super League, Olympic distance, and, uh, and 70.3s. The uh, the announcement that there's an official world championship for arena games doesn't doesn't tip you in that direction. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's really specific. Running on a treadmill, racing on Swift. It's I think some people are, are really really good at it. I think Martin Van Riel is gonna be super strong and really hard to beat. He's he's a fast swimmer. He can he has a good stride to run on the treadmill and. And on the bike, I mean, he can hold 400 watts forever. So this guy is going to be really, really, really strong to beat. But yeah, I mean, it's another world title. Uh, now, let's see how, how people are like receiving it, in, in, involving it, how the sponsors are seeing it too. I, I know in cycling now, it's a big, it's a big thing. Um, so yeah, we'll see, you know, I'm... I'm always saying cash is king, so we'll see, we'll see how it works. That reminds me, last question. I read about a couples race uh, this morning, and you are on the start list with Taylor, is that correct? For 100 grand? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, 100 grand for the win. <laughs> that's the same amount as if you won the 70.3 World Champs. So how about that? You guys have got to be, I can't think of anyone else who would hold a candle to you. Who else is there? Uh, yeah, we we'll see. I mean, there is um, Paola Finley and Eric Lagerstrom. That's true. Uh, there is uh, Josh Hamburger and um, Ashley Gentle. Ashley Gentle, yeah. Yeah, no, there is there is ah, a couple of there is a few true. strong couples. Uh, we'll see. I, I heard Lucy Charles and and Reese Barclay were on the were like a bit like underground. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm pretty confident that we can we can do good and and come back home with a. With a good part of the mortgage already paid. <laughs> Do you guys own a house together? Do you even own a house? Uh, no, no, not together. But you know, just there's all this business to do there and there. Big step. That's a big step, mate. That's a big step. You should yeah. probably propose first. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll put that in 2022 as well. Vince, thanks so much for your time, mate. Good luck in Indian Wells. Um, and we all look forward to seeing the rest of your doco. And may 2022 be uh, even more successful in parts than, than 2021, mate. Thank you, Will. Speak soon. Okay, let's get back into it. Now, the week after Super League Triathlon was, well, the World Triathlon Championship Series started in Abu Dhabi. We haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, it was straight on off the back of a win for Flora Duffy in Malibu. There was a win for Flora Duffy uh, in Abu Dhabi. She destroyed everyone again. Is she a lock for the 2022 title? We don't see the WTCS back until Yokohama in May. Annie, does Flora Duffy win in 2022? Oh, goodness me. I mean, it's it's kind of like watching her race in Abu Dhabi. It was kind of like it's this... Um, the performance is, is it's not robotic that's not the right word but she just she just delivers every time doesn't she she just doesn't make a mistake she just you know um and she had a bit of um Georgia Georgia Taylor Brown breathing down her neck but she wasn't having any of it you know I thought Georgia might come back actually um on the second lap of the run but um I don't know I mean I'm I'm intrigued by Flora um, because you would think at this point you know she's kind of pretty much done everything um, does that mean she has less of a desire? Um, it doesn't look like it, right? You know, if we look in Olympic year where she could put her feet up and never race again, you know, she is the biggest sporting hero that Bermuda has ever seen. Um, she's an absolute national treasure, um, but she still wants to go and race. And I wouldn't put it past her. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? I think she's going to win in 2022. What she's going to win, I don't know. She's off to Maori today because um, in the fifth, she's doing the World Xterra Champs. I think she's won that 82 times already. You know, what can't <laughs> she do? I've got a sneaking feeling that she might be doing more 70.3 next year, but she's also got the Commonwealth Games. So I think she'll be all in for Commonwealth Games. And then once they've happened early summer, I think she'll go for, and where, when are the world 70.3s that this year, they're right at the end of the year and she can prepare well, well for them. Um, I think they're mid October, the two weeks after Kona or three weeks after Kona. So yeah, I think she will win. I think it will be, um, she, she, she's a bit like Jan to the, she doesn't race frequently. You know, some of the athletes, even, um, uh, Johnny, he raced a heck of a lot. Hayden, I think Hayden's going to world, the world, um, Maui, Xterra. Yeah. Yep. So he's going as well. Um, and, and we've also got the um, Abu Dhabi rerun, Hella Gaines and Vince, because they're both racing 70.3 this weekend. So we've got some great races still to come. But yeah, Flora, she's going to win um, whatever she does. Um, but I, I think she's going to be going more long course than short, short course. Well, yeah, I mean, she's probably reached that time in her career, hasn't she, to, to, to do that. I saw some photos on Facebook of Katie Zafiris being fit for her um, new bike for 70.3s. Obviously, we saw her um, we saw her quality in the Collins Cup to, to stick around for as long as she did over a long distance, but um, to go with Lucy on that one. But we should see a little bit of Katie Zafiris racing 70.3 too. I mean... I just hope that wasn't the up. end position that we saw online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't like that one? Oh, no. No, <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Arrow is everything. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, considering the, her position relative to Lucy and Collins Cup and for her to stick on for as long as she did was pretty impressive because she could Amazing. do some work. There's some, there's some gains to be made, isn't there, in that, 
in that respect. Um, now, what we didn't mention, and I'm surprised you didn't mention it, Annie, is that, yes, Flora destroyed everyone, but there were six Brits in the top 10 in Abu Dhabi, including two on the podium. And then there was a part-timer called Lucy Charles Barclay, who, who languishing in 12th position in her second ever race. Is this the most dominant Great Britain has ever been? I mean, obviously, you, you referenced the Brownlee era, and you, you obviously that brought triathlon into the mainstream, if you like, in, in the UK off the back of London 2012. But now, and on the men's side, you go, oh, well, there's not six Brits in the top 10, but there's still Alex Yee and Gordon Benson and Don Bishop and Johnny Brownlee and, you know, and the list goes on. Is it the best GB has ever been, Annie, at this point? In, in the women's um, side, yeah. And I think, you know, Jess is getting a little bit older now. Um, but if you look at Georgia, Georgia's still very young. She's such a massive talent, you know. Um, and then Sophie, you know, getting third. What, you know, everyone loves Sophie Colwell. She's a superstar. Um, you know, she's obviously racing in the uh, SLT 2021 um, season. Probably wasn't as happy with her results as she might have been. But to get third there, automatic qualification for Commonwealth Games. And then you've got Beth Potter and Non Stanford, you know, well inside the top 10 as well. And you know, none's still hungry. You know, Beth, I think, is is desperate to really get out there. And, you know, I think with every race she, she improves, I think hers is a lot about confidence. But Beth is another athlete that if she just gets a little bit more out of her swim, you know, she's going to be pretty unbeatable as well. Um, yeah, I think it's the best British team um, that we've ever seen in the women. And I think in the men's, we've got some younger athletes coming through as well. And the great thing about Alex Yee is whilst, you know, Alistair is obviously now, his short course career is over. Johnny's still there and very much in the mix, as we saw in the Super League um, season. I uh, I think there's a lot of young guys coming up. And I think Alex Yee, again, is going to do it with the Brownlee did and and inspire you know the younger athletes coming through and it's just it's always quite amazing Tim isn't it when you think of this little silly island that we're in and the crap weather we have year in year out that we produce these amazing athletes you know which you would expect to have come from a much warmer climate like Australia but Australia you know is uh, well, that's another story together isn't it well the Federation are getting sued. The coaches are leaving. Who knows what's going on in Australia? That's a whole <laughs> podcast in itself, isn't let's, it? Let's yeah. not talk about that. Let's, let's do a documentary about that. About that. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would not be fun. Uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of Russian going on in Australia about all sorts of different stuff. But uh, I guess there's only one way to go, and that is, is up after what was a pretty disappointing Olympics and also a whole bunch of infighting in the back of the house. Um, hopefully that puts the broom through and we start again. But yeah, Tim, I mean, I mean, as you say, it's snowing outside for you right now, but you guys continually produce not only excellent Olympic distance athletes, but a whole bunch of great long distance athletes of which you are the grandfather. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Grandfather, <laughs> I think. Being put out to pasture soon. <laughs> I'm growing my beard to work for Christmas. It's getting so white. <laughs> and, and let's not forget though. Let's not forget that you were part of the genesis of the arena games and now it's, and, and it's probably because of you, I'm not, not maybe not a hundred percent because of you, <laughs> but it's been elevated to world, like world championship series with the arena games triathlon powered by Zwift. Obviously last week, the uh, announcement that SLT are teaming up with world triathlon to deliver um, what's going to be its own world championship series in 2022, born out of a COVID pivot uh, basically, which was something, Along with, I mean, we did 
e-racing. We did a, a bunch of different stuff to try and keep our, our heads in the game. And then Arena Games was an idea that has now turned into a legitimate world championship with backing from World Triathlon, uh, with the federations involved. What, what, what a story that is for the Arena Games. And I knew it from the first one we saw. I didn't know what it was going to be like prior, but as soon as it happened and, and the feedback was, was incredible. And what an announcement it was by, um, by SLT and by World Triathlon, Tim. Within 12 months, I think, from the inception of it to being a legitimately, you know, like, yeah, world world title event with multiple events all over the world from what I'm hearing through the grapevine. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, having been part of, obviously, watched the first one and been in the second one, it is just brutal. It makes Super League look like, you know, a walk in the park, like an endurance event. This, These treadmills they're running on, you know, the, the, the tactics within the Zwift world as well are slightly different, um, you know, than in the real world. Um, so, yeah, you've really got to have your wits about you. And it's just the ferocity of the racing back to back, back to back that I think, um, yeah, I think when, when, it, when it gets on the TV and, and you know, people who don't know what triathlon is they're going to be captivated by it it's definitely got that hunger games kind of gladiators ready kind of you know um arena games ninja warrior kind of vibe going on to, on on it and yeah I, I i think i think the athletes are going to be super pumped when they get to race that you know and for a world title and how about the like imagine it with you know ten thousand people in in there you know, highly oh. enclosed. You know, you've got five thousand people just cheering you on from, but from, you know, watching it from ten feet away as well. And then you've got Annie prancing up and down the side of the pool, doing what she does, adding to the pomp. And <laughs> I don't know, Fanny prances. Come on. <laughs> so, that's why we make her do that uh, that piece of camera where she's running on the treadmill and she's like. Oh, it's fine. And then uh, towards the end of the piece of camera, she's got to talk for a minute. It starts to get a bit ragged, doesn't it, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it really does i mean tell you what, at my age i i need a good warm-up these days it's got to be at least half an hour before i feel normal and i get one of these treadmills they're like right come on get on and you're thinking shit i can't run too slow and, and then you're just yeah and then you're expected to talk and make sense which you know is hard for me at any time of the day let alone you know having just sprinted on a bloody curved treadmill and those curved treadmills are really hard i really don't like them i think they're great machines and the reason i don't like them is because that they are tough but um tim are you going to be back racing this year in the arena games absolutely not <laughs> i know my limits <laughs> my limits are going longer not shorter um no I, I mean no i mean it's it was an amazing experience but now it's gonna it's gonna go next level it really is i think with um you know how the athletes I mean, and gonna, there's also yeah there's also um because obviously because of this now um, partnership with World Triathlon, it's it's also um, it's a World Championship Series, right? So there's another opportunity for an athlete to be crowned World Champion, which I think for the sport is absolutely brilliant. You know, every other sport, there's you know all sorts of different ways that you can you can earn money, that you can win titles and stuff. And you know, we until Super League came along, you know, it's been very limited and and very you know dominated by World Triathlon. And you know, that's fine because there was nowhere else. And I think. The fact that Super League have won this year these two awards that you mentioned there, Will, the Cutting Edge Events and then the Sports Business Award for Most Innovative Business Response to COVID-19. That's quite a long one. But, you know, they absolutely deserve it for what they've done. And I've um, 
been lucky enough to be at all three events, two in Rotterdam and one in London, as you mentioned, Will. Imagine having the crowds there in the Aquatic Centre because that is a stunning venue. I mean, I just can't imagine because it's amazing without the crowds and that would just take it to a whole new level. Um, well, I just, just think, think it gets I, more I'm, eyes on the sport too, doesn't it? It just gets more... I mean, you, you, go to, totally. you don't go to a triathlon event to watch it. It's not... It's you, it's like going to a Formula One event. I mean, you're just sitting on one corner and you see people go past, but this is... I mean, that just introduced a whole a whole new bunch of people. It's like T20 cricket to, to test cricket. Yeah. And now the kids, the kids are not going to test cricket. The kids are going to T20 because there's flames and colours and everything's moving all the time and it's over in two hours and it's good for families, it's good for everybody. And I, I think that's, that's outstanding. And... There is legitimate push on this being an Olympic sport in 2032, I think, 32. They're getting, to, like, it's a push from the Olympics into esports, and this this could be an Olympic sport. Can you imagine? That I would can be outstanding. You can? 100%. I can. I can. I can totally see it in the Olympic Games, you know, whether it's LA or is it Brisbane after Los Angeles? It's Brisbane in 2032. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A, a test event in LA, you know, in a Coliseum setting, Brisbane, um, in in somewhere in Brisbane that's really nice. <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a Coliseum <laughs> setting in Brisbane, <laughs> near yeah. the buildings. Let's <laughs> that's, that's, that's get building. But no, I mean, <laughs> and I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like for the younger kids watching it, it, it's, you know, it's bringing those two worlds together. I mean, you know, everyone talks about screen time with the younger generation, but, you know, to incorporate screen time into exercise as well. And that from the, from that, that you know, they're going to relate to it. Well, they, they're not going to watch an Iron Man and go, what's that, Dad? What, what, what? Oh, no, not that. But they can go, oh, wow, they're using an avatar. And, you know, by then, you know, this technology from Zwift is just going to be light years ahead of where it is now. So I think that's that's that in itself has got so much more development. But yeah, 100% I can see it being an Olympic sport. I think e-cycling will be as well, you know, it, you know, through the UCI. Well, that and we, no one's going to be able to travel anywhere for ever again. So that, <laughs> it's always handy, true, true. handy to have that yeah. as well. There's no COVID in Zwiftland. This never happens in Watopia. <laughs> Everyone's 1.5 metres apart. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic... Uh, and and what, what it does mean is Super League's going to go for the whole year. You know, there's going to be plenty of Super League on in 2022. After so much, you know, after so many hardships, I guess, to get on what we did get on in 2020 and 2021, we're going to see a whole lot of Super League racing and uh, a whole lot of chances for athletes to make a ton of money, a whole lot of chances for you guys to sledge each other being team captains if that continues again, which we hope it does, um, and a whole lot more short shoot shows, which is what I think where we're going to leave it right now. Thank you so much for getting up so early, both of you, um, to talk about everything that's going on in the world of try. We're going to keep the... We're going to keep the uh, episodes coming. We might even sneak another one in before <laughs> before Christmas if uh, if everyone's free and ready to rock and roll. What do you think? Christmas jumpers special, Love I it. say. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not wear jumpers here at Christmas, mate. It'll be Christmas, you know, singlets. <laughs> okay, you put your singlet on. Annie and I can wear our Christmas jumpers. <laughs> Every everything here is What's that? You better get doing some press ups then, haven't you? If you're going to put your singlet on for the next episode, the gym's um, that way. <laughs> oh, look at that! Black is very slimming. Black is very slimming. I, I don't want to. I don't want to scare everyone off. 
Uh, thanks for your time, team. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed the short shoot show, of course, for uh, all the information on Super League Triathlon. If you're not familiar with it, uh, head to superleaguetriathlon.com. There's going to be some big announcements coming up over the next couple of months about where things are, when they are, what you can look forward to, and who's going to be racing. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic year 2022. Stay tuned to the Short Shoot Show for more information. Thank you to my guests, and we'll see you next time.